Hi, it's Dwyer. Gamblersadvisory.com, free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Today is Sunday, February 27th, 2022. The Josh Taylor-Jack Catterall fight is still up at ESPN+. Right, please, I urge you to watch this fight. Now remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Look, whatever I say after a fight like this, it's going to be contentious. People are going to disagree with me. Such is the nature of the sport that is boxing, right? Whether you agree or disagree, I do hope you share your comments and your scorecard in the comment section of this video. Now, let's just put it this way. We've seen this scenario before. By the way, full disclosure, a few hours before the fight yesterday, I posted a video here online where I named my top seven outside the heavyweight division male fighters in boxing pound for pound. And one of those fighters was Josh Taylor. I encourage everyone to Google that video and listen to the comments I made before this fight took place about Josh Taylor. Right now, we've seen this scenario before. In my opinion, this was a location and a reputation fight. Right? This fight, to me, reminded me personally of the first Andre Ward who was a commentator on this fight, Andre Ward versus Kovalev fight. The home country guy, who people like, who is among the best in the sport, pound for pound, who starts slow in a fight against a guy people don't like as much. Right, All you had to do was listen to the boos when they introduced Jack Catterall. Let's just say he wasn't perceived as warm and cuddly. Right? As the fight starts, you start, as the fan, to realize that the home country guy, the loved guy, is in trouble. Eventually, he gets dropped. You think to yourself, okay, he needs to do something dramatic. He needs to drop the other guy a few times, or he needs to somehow run the table to have a chance at a decision. But you understand that even if he runs the table, any such decision would be dodgy. You also understand that even with a decision, in the court of public opinion, it's his reputation that will take the hit. Right? There's winning a fight, and then there's not really winning a fight. You understood when Josh Taylor got off the canvas in this fight that whatever he did, short of a dramatic stoppage, because, of course... Knockouts cause amnesia. Short of a dramatic stoppage, you understood that 
whatever Taylor did was going to be viewed as a disappointment when compared to the expectations going into the fight. So then, belatedly, the home country guy finds a rhythm. He makes a comeback. But is it enough? Now, I imagine there are a million opinions on this one. Here's mine. It wasn't. Taylor lost this fight, in my opinion. Sadly, and I know it doesn't quite sound right, an undisputed champ coming off of a win is now off my top seven list. For those keeping track, I'm putting Maris Breedis, the guy who I consider to be the best cruiserweight in boxing on the list. His only loss was to former cruiserweight Alexander Usyk. Right? Let me say, too, I'll agree that if Usyk were outside the heavyweight division, he'd clearly be on my top seven list. But he's a heavyweight, and so he's excluded. Let's continue. Returning to the Taylor fight against Jack Catterall. Let's do the math and use common sense, right? And I really want people to sit down and think this one through because boxing is about more than emotion and fandom. Now on my scorecard, and please... Tell me how you disagree in the comment section to this video. Catterall comes out and wins the first three rounds. Right? He wins them. Let me point out, too, that of the first three rounds, I think it's clear he wins round one and three at a minimum. At a minimum. Now, I gave Catterall the first three rounds. In the eighth round... Catterall drops Taylor. That's a 10-8 round. Now let's pause here and pivot for a second. Going into that eighth round, before the knockdown, for those of you who saw the fight, did you believe Taylor was in trouble? Did you believe Taylor was losing the fight going into the eighth round before the knockdown. Didn't the knockdown happen at a time in the fight where you thought Taylor was losing the fight? Right? Understand, this is different than the Ward-Kovalev fight because there, Andre gets knocked down early. He actually then is able to get a rhythm right after a disastrous start to the fight. Now, don't get me wrong. I thought Andre lost that fight. Just being blunt. Just like I feel Taylor lost this one. But here, the knockdown's even more meaningful. Because in my opinion, you're watching a fight that Catterall is clearly winning. Clearly winning already at the time of the knockdown. But let's get back to the math of it. So if you, like me, had Catterall up by five 
rounds. Five rounds based on these four rounds, the first three and the eighth, right? The eighth round's a 10-8 round, folks. So let's say you have Caterall up by five rounds. With eight rounds remaining in a 12-round fight. In other words, Josh Taylor, short of getting knockdowns, short of beating the daylights out of an opponent, where a judge could say, hey, that's a 10-8 round, even though Catterall stayed on his feet. Short of something dramatic like that, where you're watching the fight and you're saying, oh, man, Taylor's having his way. Right? Just understand. Based on rounds one, two, three, and round eight, Catterall has five rounds if Josh Taylor won six of the remaining eight rounds. Six. Number one, you would notice it. Taylor would look like Cal Brook looked against Amir Khan. He'd be cuffing Catterall around the ring. You would say, wow, this is a comeback. This is dominance. You would know it. Catterall would be getting hit flush with shots, would be on the verge of getting stopped. But understand, even if Taylor won six of the eight rounds, he would lose the fight seven rounds to six, right? The reason for the seven is the extra point for the knockdown, right? So it would be seven, six. We're going to ignore the point deduction simply because both sides had a point deducted. Just understand, to win this fight, Taylor, by decision, in other words, to win this fight by the skin of his teeth, Taylor would have to win seven of the remaining eight rounds. Because Catterall, with the first three, and with the knockdown, let's say he wins one more round, that would give him six. Taylor would have to win everything else to win this fight. And as I've said, you know when you're seeing a lopsided fight. You know when a guy is on his way to winning seven of eight rounds. Folks, that did not happen here. Simply did not happen. Catterall is winning the fight, in my opinion, and hey, I'm just one guy here on YouTube. In my opinion, Catterall's winning the fight before the knockdown. In other words, I'm looking at the fight and I'm thinking, man, Taylor's getting cuffed around. Taylor's in trouble. He's going to have to do something. And then he ends up on the canvas. So he was behind before. Then when he hits the canvas, this casual fan thought, wow, now he's really behind. Right? You understood. The last few rounds are just for him to save face. 
Well, let's make this even more controversial. Forget rounds one through three. Forget the eighth round. And again, folks, that's five rounds. That's a five-point lead, rather, that Catterall has, in my opinion. Is there anyone watching this video who gave Josh Taylor either the fifth or the sixth rounds? I didn't. So what you have is my scorecard, where I gave Catterall five of the first six rounds. Right, five of the first six. I give him a two-point round in round eight, where he drops Josh Taylor. Folks, the rest of the fight is rough and tumble. I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, Taylor's teeing off. I wasn't sitting there thinking, wow, Taylor's really turned this around. No, the rest of the fight is rough and tumble. So just to understand my scorecard, that's five, right? The first three plus the eighth. Then I add the fifth. Then I add the six. Folks, Catterall has already won the fight. The seventh round, reach into your pocket, take out a coin and flip it. I could see judges splitting up some of the later rounds, right? I could see a judge saying, wow, that was a great straight left hand, right? Fight between two southpaws. That was a great straight left hand thrown by Catterall there. I'm going to count that more. The flush straight lefts thrown by Catterall, I'm going to count that more than some of Taylor's shots, which weren't flush. Right? Let's also talk about things that should matter. Right? Catterall is landing that straight left with regularity. He's the one, even though Taylor's coming forward, it's Catterall who is dictating the style of the fight. How are you fighting a guy with an excellent jab? Not in this fight, but Taylor has an excellent jab. How are you fighting a guy with an excellent jab who's three inches taller than you? And yet have your opponent continually coming forward, giving away every inch every inch of his height advantage, leaning over the pocket, throwing an excessive amount of rabbit punches. Folks, it's excessive. Understand, Catterall gives a side profile. He has Taylor defense to the point where Taylor is throwing punches behind Catterall's head. Folks, if I'm a judge watching this fight, that's a turnoff. That's not a point getter. That's a point loser. The referee even warns Josh Taylor for the rabbit punches. Right? You got the feeling that was out of frustration. You understood, too, just off body language. 
both men in the ring knew that Catterall got off to a fast start. So Taylor can't lean back, pump a jab, stick, and move. He has to make the fight. So as he's coming forward, he's walking into Catterall straight left hands. Right, Catterall's even hitting him with jabs. Right, let's face it too. This fight involved a lot of grappling. In a grappling fight, how am I supposed to make a decision that the champ who's behind on my scorecards is winning these grappling rounds? Right, in a round where there's a lot of wrestling, I could see a judge saying, hey, this is a 10-10 round. I didn't see the boxing mastery that gave either guy an advantage in these rounds, right? And I'm talking about the later part of the fight. Understand there is never a part of this fight where Josh Taylor starts landing clean combinations and you get the feeling that Jack Catterall has to hang on to stay upright. There are no knockdowns in this fight by Taylor, right? Catterall obviously knocks Taylor down. Catterall gets the only knockdown in the fight, and Catterall, who lands at roughly the same level of efficiency as Josh Taylor, outlands Taylor by dozens of punches. That's CompuBox. Folks, I don't understand the argument that Josh Taylor won this fight. I know in the moment, Josh Taylor was grateful to still have his unbeaten record, and I'll agree. You look at unbeaten fighters, right? Rocky Marciano, old-timers will tell you about the Roland Lestarza fight, the first one. Floyd Mayweather, you have uh, Jose Luis Ramirez. Excuse me, no, no, you have the Juan Castillo, first fight. I understand that unbeaten fighters have close calls. Andre Ward, the first Kovalev fight. But folks, let me just tell you, this should have been a loss for Josh Taylor. You understood, just like the Oscar Chavez recent fight in Arizona. You understood that if this fight was any place other than Scotland, Josh Taylor would have lost this fight. You also understand that if Catterall wasn't an overwhelming underdog, if this fight was close in terms of odds, Josh Taylor would have lost this fight. If the reputations were close, this would have been a loss. This should have been a loss. Let me point out, too, that they, on the telecast, the American one with Timothy Bradley and with Andre Ward, they point out that Catterall sparred with Mayweather in Canelo. Right? You certainly saw 
him hiding his head behind a shoulder. You certainly saw the defense. Now, I thought the referee was too involved. Right? But I'm shocked that the ref wasn't more involved on the shots behind Catterall's head. That seemed to me to be Josh Taylor's primary strategy. Right? He's throwing shots to the back of Catterall's head because he can't hit the front of Catterall. If I asked you to name me the best single shots in the fight, I'm guessing the first three or four of those shots would be Catterall shots, including the knockdown. Right? Let me point out, too, that Catterall, very advanced, just like Canelo, waves his hands. You'll notice that Catterall is waving his right hand in front of Taylor, and it throws Taylor off. So, after this fight, Andre Ward, who avenged, in my opinion, not the public's, right? The public thought Ward won that first fight, or at least the judges did. Andre Ward said, hey, you know, Taylor needs to fight Catterall again, right? To remind the public that he is Josh Taylor and that he just had an off night, right? Folks, in my opinion, he should stay away from Catterall. He's going to have the same problems, right? Taylor cannot help himself. Understand, he's three inches taller. They point out that Taylor, and they're fighting at 140, when he entered the ring, weighed more than the junior middleweight limit of 154. So you're talking about a yo-yoer here. The guy who loses a lot of weight to make weight. Right? You saw that his strategy when he got in trouble was to come inside, bend down, right? Bend over, come in the pocket, be eye level with a guy who's landing straight lefts, who's three inches shorter than him. In other words, Taylor, with a developed back foot, didn't have the confidence in taking advantage of his back foot and his reach and timing. Right, folks, I'm just telling you, it's not that Catterall is in his head emotionally. It's that Taylor lacks the confidence in his back foot and reverts to trying to be the bigger man in the ring. Now, as I've said here countless times, sometimes being the shorter man is an advantage in boxing. Right, Catterall doesn't have to bend over to hit Taylor in the midsection. Right, with, with Taylor bent over, Catterall could just throw a straight left hand. They're both southpaws. And he did and landed it repeatedly. All you have to do is read the cuts. Taylor's eye, which lines up, his right eye, which lines up with Catterall's straight left, is cut. 
It's it's puffed up. You know, he's been hit there repeatedly. So, with all due respect to those who feel that Taylor won a razor-thin decision, I invite you to look at the CompuBox numbers. I invite you to look at rounds one, three, five, and six. Folks, that's not even the round where Taylor hits the canvas. And tell us how anyone could give any of those rounds to Josh Taylor. In a fight where Taylor clearly, in my opinion, has lost at least four of the first six rounds. Right? Tell us the stretch of this fight where you thought Taylor was on cruise control because that's what it would take for him to make a comeback in a fight where Catterall is not close to being knocked down. So if I'm Taylor, I stop kidding myself. If I'm gaining 16 pounds after the weigh-in in a span of like 24 hours, then I've got to think about moving up in weight. Right? But I want Taylor to understand that 147 are shark-infested waters. Right? Forget fighting Crawford. I couldn't imagine Crawford being able, and keep in mind, Crawford is probably a lefty. Right? I say probably because Crawford could also fight right-handed. But Crawford is probably a lefty. And I, I couldn't imagine Crawford watching this fight and not thinking to himself, oh, that's what it takes? Straight left hands? Understand, on the telecast, the American telecast, Timothy Bradley and Andre Ward are openly bemoaning the fact that Taylor isn't making any adjustments, that he's continually getting hit with that straight left hand. Right, let's also understand, too, the green machine who Crawford already beat, is a bigger, harder puncher than Josh Taylor and tried to fight Crawford on the inside. Green Machine, who did knock down Crawford, does not make it the distance in that fight. I think Crawford would be too big a puncher and natural 147 pounder for Taylor to handle, right? If Taylor comes to 147, what he's going to have to do, in my opinion, and I believe he needs to leave 140, I believe the gig is up, right? Something went wrong here. He didn't have the power to knock down Catterall. You'll notice that Taylor who has been fighting elite competition, hasn't been getting a lot of stoppages, right? I believe Taylor needs to accept the fact that his body has outgrown the division. He's lucky to have been awarded this fight. I cannot say in good faith that he won this fight. 
So at 140, if I'm Taylor, I stay away from Jaron Ennis. I stay away from Virgil Ortiz. Right? Too young. Both guys hit too hard. Right? Ennis is a southpaw. You saw what Catterall a southpaw did to Josh Taylor just now. Right? I stay away from the young guys. Maybe I try to challenge Kel Brook. Right? Now understand that Amir Khan fight was at 149. Kel Brook has problems making 147. Right? But, you know, Kel Brook, the idea is that Kel Brook has eyes that you might be able to hit. Kel Brook is at the part of his career where he might say, hey, I've made a lot of money. If I'm getting hit in the eyes and I'm having eye problems, I might just call it a day. Right? Keith Thurman. Another guy to think about at 147, right? One fight in two years or so. But I can't imagine, seriously can't imagine, Josh Taylor deciding he's going to fight inside against Errol Spence or Ugas. Guys who are accustomed to people bearing down on them. Right? So, if I'm Taylor, this is the last I've seen of Catterall. Because understand, the rematch might be just like this fight. I believe Catterall believed he was so far ahead that he was able to prioritize safety in the last few rounds, and that's what costs him the fight. At least according to the judges. Right? In a rematch, Catterall might pace himself differently. Lord knows, according to my scorecard, he wins five of the first six rounds. Right? Just just food for thought. You know, he has enough of a cushion where he could actually play games with stamina. Right? Take a round off, as Saul Alvarez likes to do in fights. In any event, that's how I saw this fight, mechanics-wise... You had Timothy Bradley pleading with Taylor to throw right hooks, right? Just understand that Taylor was unable to establish the right hook with any kind of pattern, right? You have Andre Ward and Timothy Bradley pleading with Taylor to stop Catterall from throwing straight left hands. Folks, those left hands land for more than half the fight, right? You had a referee who I thought shortchanged Catterall, right? Taylor is insisting on coming inside. Catterall then engages in Roberto Duran tactics, right, where he's tying up a hand and stuff like that. I thought that was legal good fighting. The referee here keeps separating them. I almost felt like I was watching the Joseph Parker-Anthony uh, Joshua fight. With a different ref who allows them to fight, I believe Catterall might even have a better time of it. So I give Taylor credit for having the heart of a lion and refusing to give up.
I thought he lost the fight. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.